I think, you know, the artists in a way, it's like alchemists. So we are trying constantly to transform something into light. So it's not the metal into gold. It's not about the material itself. It's more about the idea to bring the darkness into, into light. When I'm artist, I have this liberty of expressing myself. I allow myself to express myself however I want and whatever I want to say. This freedom of expression, I think, gives a huge responsibility to me to be the voice of a lot of others, to not forget how necessary it is to raise my voice up, to take risk and to challenge. Welcome to the Arts for Society podcast, where we talk about how art can bring change to society. This is Anne and Aude. In today's episode, we will explore a theme that is both universal and deeply personal, the body, together with Prune Nouri and Kubra Khademi, two artists who have put the body, and more specifically the female body, at the core of their work. Prune Nouri is a French multidisciplinary artist living between New York and Paris. Though she got a formal education in wood sculpture at the famous École Boulle in Paris, Prune has been using not only sculpture, but also drawing, video, photography and performance to form her body of work. She likes to alert her audience about themes ranging from fertility to bioethics and gender imbalance, and how they materialize in different cultures and countries, such as China and India. After going through breast cancer in her early 30s, she thought of herself as having become the material that her doctors were fashioning through chemotherapy, acupuncture, and reconstructive surgery. She channeled her experience in cathartic artistic works, the latest being a sculpture and performance at the Bon Marché in Paris at the beginning of this year. Kubra Khademi is an Afghan performance and visual artist. She studied fine arts at Kabul University and later in Lahore, Pakistan. Having fled her home country after a daring feminist performance in the streets of Kabul, she has been living in Paris since 2015. Most of her work centers on her experience as a woman and a refugee, looking into the themes of femininity and feminism, as well as exile. She is currently exhibiting at Galerie Eric Mouchet in Paris, a new body of paintings exploring the beauty, intimacy, and contradictions of the female body in patriarchal societies. So, hello, Prune and Kubra. How are you? Hi, Oud. Very well. Hey, hey, Oud. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Despite the pandemic, which has made it very difficult for artists to be able to showcase their work for the past year, you both have been able to have physical shows in 2021, which is pretty amazing. Prune, you created a massive in-situ sculpture for the Bon Marché in Paris, featuring a wooden breast being aimed at by 888 arrows shot by a large bow. And Kubra, you're currently exhibiting paintings of nude women at Galerie Eric Mouchet, also in Paris. You both work a lot around the human and female body in a variety of cultures, including France, obviously, for both of you, but also Afghanistan for you, Kubra, and China and India for you, Prune. And you've known each other for a while now. So, Prune, could you tell us how you met and also describe Kubra and her work to us? 
Hmm. <laughs> With pleasure. Uh, so, Kubra, I discovered her work at a place called the Atelier of the Artists in Exile, which um, opened in Paris to welcome uh, different artists from all around the world that uh, had to move uh, to Paris for many different reasons. Kubra, as we may know, had to move from Afghanistan and Pakistan because she was so courageous. She made uh, uh, an installation, a performance in the streets where she put on herself a kind of silver armor representing breast and belly, uh, which was a, a beautiful sculpture by itself but also uh, a piece of art uh, full of meanings. And she was uh, very badly welcomed uh, in the streets uh, by men and, and by the, the, the culture uh, that pushed her uh, to, uh, to fly away and to, to try to find uh, more freedom of, of expression and of speech, which is what every artist should have and every woman artist especially. And so she arrived in Paris and, uh, and as I was uh, searching for uh, artists to work with, to collaborate with for a project um, that I have with other artists in Paris called Le Refettorio, which is a, a kind of, um, of a kitchen more than that because we, we, we cook with chefs, beautiful chefs that, that come to create a kind of cultural night for people without roof or, or for people in exile or for students also right now during the crisis. And so um, I arrived in the studio of Kubra and right away I was uh, you know, blown away, astonished by her work. So um, we decided first to, to exchange a piece, then work on the refettorio and, and little by little we became friends. Great. Thank you, Prune. And, and Kubra, maybe can you tell us more about your relationship with uh, Prune? Uh, maybe um, say a bit more about your collaboration and describe her work uh, with your own words and, and feelings. Thanks, Prune, for, for sharing. Um, yes, exactly, as uh, Prune has described. To talk about uh, Prune's work, I discovered, of course, after... She was generous enough to come and just uh, open her arms and just uh, share not only to um, propose a project to work together, but also to discover her work because uh, it was like one of the adventures of my life after arriving in France to discover other artists' work also. So um, it was uh, like um, a nice, uh, nice uh, working together and after that like I entered to uh, to Prun's um, like universe like seeing her work and uh, I had this chance of like recently through her recent exhibition her film Serendipity was was shown and I watched it and uh, I sent a message to Prun and I said that Prun few times this film brought me tears why why exactly because there was like moments that uh, I was finding myself in it a lot of moments, but the part that touched me more in Prun's work is like her work is personal. But also at the same time, I was there also. I was feeling I'm, I'm there in her work. And uh, one of her work, the one Prun made in India, she was giving these uh, white clothes to these little girls, lo local girls, playing around with uh, Prun's sculpture. Like these sculptures, eyes look looks up. And uh, it's like 
it's not a sculpture it's like like a body of someone like deep inside through her eyes it was it was so transparent you enter to the i mean these little girls who were like washing these sculptures and uh, there was very strong connection it was uh, i don't know i uh, i couldn't like <laughs> couldn't stop my tears <laughs> but at the same time there were other moments like um, like i think it's understandable for any other woman who have not gone through uh, breast cancer this is uh, something who touches every woman so it was like a lot of emotion phun's work is like uh, personal but also it's about being connected to the rest of the world and it's just like it's amazing thank you very much kuma i think it's it's always very moving to hear two artists talk about each other's work we'd love to ask you about how your path as artist started kuma maybe we can start with you because i've heard that uh, you started drawing at the age of five. I, I hope I'm correct. Is there a particular event that triggered the start of your artistic work? Um, I uh, no. since I know myself, I was drawing. But something happened that I, I keep talking about it. And that happened when I was five years old. I did something wrong, according to my family's, uh, <laughs> family's uh, culture. I draw body of woman. And these bodies are naked. It was rough right after visiting a hammam because my mom took us for the first time with my sisters because there was uh, working in our house. So we didn't have uh, our bathroom. We went there and I first time I saw body of a lot of body of women. Some of them didn't have underwear. So I saw sex of women. On that time, I clearly remember my feelings I was not understanding what I was feeling, but it was very strange feeling. I think I had my mouth open, looking very long at the bodies around me, especially those without underwear. And when I come back home, I took my sketchbook and I started drawing figure of women. And I teared it up. Still, I have no expl explanation why I've done that. I teared the page apart and I hide it under, under the carpet. And then, yeah, I forgot it. Well, I didn't forget it. I have no explanation why I did that. And uh, two, three days after, uh, my mom found it and she called me. She, she called me from the next room and I went there and, and I saw my drawing in her hand. And she, she told me, don't tell me you didn't do it. Because it was, it was super my, my, my signature on that drawing. Well, I didn't sign it, but it was, she knows how I draw. And then she, uh, well, she hit me. <laughs> She hit me and then uh, I would never forget, I mean, this day. And so you, you, you identify this moment with the starting point of your, of your work as an artist? Did you feel that at that uh, early, very early age? Well, I, it was more guilt. <laughs> I was guilty. I was sinful. <laughs> I did something I shouldn't have done. It. Some, I did something I mean, really bad. And, uh, well, I do remember after that my sisters stopped talking to me because it was considered something like, well, now it's, I think for me now, if, if I have to put equivalent is that like in the five, in the hand of five years old girl, you see she's watching like pornographic videos or something that way shocking. So yeah, I was, I was, I gone through after that very hard time of like feeling I am guilty. And I, I even try to forget that for many years. 
I think I was 25 when I first time I start talking about it and make the drawing of it, remake, remake it. So when I remade it, I called it 20 years of scene because after 20 years, I start talking about it. So it took me 20 years to to go through these memories full of mysteries, full of a lot of things. But uh, this, this was one of them that I liberate myself first talking and making a drawing of it. Obviously, uh, we wish you didn't get a hit for that. But at the same time, that's kind of what artists do, you know, to challenge existing ideas and cultural standpoints and make things move on. And, and somehow this is what your work seems to be doing. Well, it's not about talking about it. It's just to say how my culture is. I mean, that's the way of like educating someone, educating children. So it was just like that. It was normal. But like in general, when I was a child, I was seeing myself an artist. And everybody, those who, whoever knows me from that time, they know what I wanted. And how about you, Prun? Did it start that early on your end? How, how did it all begin? I think it's, it's difficult to, because to me, every, everybody uh, is an artist, you know, as a child. And I think the more you grow, the more you, you, you forbid yourself to, to, to be connected to your inconscience. So um, as artists, we try to keep that relationship with, uh, we're, with our subconscious. And, and in a way, um, you know, the same way that when you dream at night, everyone has that access. We are all as artists trying to get back to, to be children in a way, uh, but with, the, with the, the freedom of the children, but without the constraints of uh, not being free as children because we are with that, uh, that relationship and, and that uh, codes of the adults exactly the, the same way uh, Kubra had to finally um, pass through the, the most difficult one, uh, which is... Uh, you know, the beating and the codes and the, and the hard part of it. Every children is an artist and, and, and no children should be beaten for what in fact uh, moves them and what they express. And it's exactly the same with uh, any human being and, and any, um, any artist. So um, as a child myself, I, I knew I wanted to, you know, to express myself through whatever art I, I could find but definitely I couldn't put a, a word on it or I couldn't put a job on it I, I wasn't good at anything else so what else the only time I can really uh, time something is the the first time I was uh, I decided to curate a show and and that was on a on a beach in Normandy where there were uh, Uh, a shipwreck that was uh, being destroyed over the years and uh, and I, I loved that place and 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 the more I grew the more I saw some parts being uh, dispersed along the, the the shore along the beach and one day uh, I decided to invite a bunch of people and uh, and uh, and to to invite them to the opening of an artist So they came and uh, and they were all saying, but who's the artist? Who's the artist? But in fact, the artist was the sea and the time. And uh, the show was, was called Ephemer, which means ephemeral and uh, effects of the sea at the same time. 
So that was my first show, but I wasn't the artist. And uh, and then it took me years, you know, just to to know what, what it was, just to, to what it meant. It's funny because you said ephemer and um, there's ephemeral and the sea, but there's also mer, there's also the mother in there. Yeah, that's true. Which seems to to have been quite um, omnipresent in both of your works for a while. And actually, Prune, you, so you seem to have always been drawn to that subject of the, the body and in particular the female body. We could see that through the works you did in, uh, in India, like Holy Daughter that um, uh, Kubra mentioned earlier, but also the work you did in China. And your recent personal experience seems to have changed your relationship to that female body. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think that, you know, as a, as a sculptor, because to me, that's my spine. Uh, even as an artist, you don't want to be put or put yourself inside boxes. Uh, I consider a sculpture like, uh, like my spine and the relationship to, to sculpture and, and body is like, it doesn't need any words. So it's been uh, since the beginning that, uh, that obviously it's my, uh, my playground And at the same time, my yeah, my my obsession and and it's a kind of material. In fact, it's like a material. So you have clay, you have wood, you have uh, plaster, you have bronze, but you have the body, and the body is a type of material. And the the fact that you know for for years uh, I, I I felt like uh, like if I wasn't an artist, I would be an anthropologist, and 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 all the subject I was working on, I was working on them with a kind of distance, even if each trip I was doing, each country I was visiting for a project, I was always going to first meet and interview and, and collaborate with specialists, um, anthropologists, sociologists, in that same idea of, um, of trying to understand uh, an issue before to start working on it. But there were this type of scientific distance, I thought. And then when I felt ill uh, a few years ago, a very banal illness finally that is uh, unfortunately uh, everywhere in every family. And, uh, and, and the special one I had was, you know, it's one woman on eight women has it. So it's, it's banal. And at the same time, that word, um, the word cancer, um, is a kind of, uh, of, of world full of fear and of unknown. And so it brought me back to my own body. And the fact that I had to, from sculptor becoming a sculpture in the hands of the surgeons for the years of uh, reconstruction made me reflect even more on the question of the body, on the question of the scar, on the question of the body as a material. So I had to look back into me and and from objectivity realize that as an artist you can only be subjective even if you say to yourself that you're objective you are not it's not the same thing than a scientist as much as science and art has um, uh, things to be compared the fact that that we work a lot with the concepts the question of the serendipity that i use a lot of in my work also But uh, that difference of objectivity and subjectivity, as an artist, you can only be subjective. It's uh, compelling to hear you talk about how much you use your personal experience, of course, and, and your personal body. And I think, Kubra, you, will, you can add 
a lot uh, on that because you've gone through daring experiences to express what it is to be a woman and and more specifically an Afghan woman. And uh, Prune uh, talked about the armor performance uh, that uh, forced you into exile from Afghanistan. So, so of course, you're using your body to talk about the female body and the body of all women. Can you also tell us more about that and what you're trying to to achieve? What's important for me is like, I think what made me to think my body is important, my identity as a woman is important is like, it's like in the culture I'm I'm raised, I was born. It's like the way the, the society looks at this identity, like uh, as a body of woman, like presence of a woman, place of a woman itself also. One thing I know the most is like this part of me who is questioned, who is condemned to a lot of like uh, prohibition, a lot of the rules, a lot of like like mythical values. I just give an example of like mother and uh, a woman is just a mother and it's been dictated on the, on the body of woman, place of woman, woman herself and um, how systematically religion is being like the major factor who who is like ruling the body of women i think i am more confident to work on that as a woman artist this is how i come up with uh, the subjects that i use in my work i question around around it from the society i come from and what i know better let's say or i think what is the most challenging for me It's interesting that you say that you feel more confident because in our perspective, it looks like something that is very, uh, very hard, very daring and, and nearly dangerous. So it's interesting that you find this place of, of confidence. Uh, well, of course, it should be confident. Why? Because I know things. I know this. this is something that it's personal it's at the same time it's something that i know it i just know how it works how it uh, well it doesn't mean i i am aware of the consequences about my work it's not true after performing my armor in afghanistan i had to leave my country and it just got upside down my life so i was not aware of that but it remains i think the part of like the performance art practice In a way, work is like open. Things will happen too. Going back to the confident, it is about that the things that I am sure about and uh, the things I am thinking it is necessary to touch. It is necessary to push some limits to change it. I think artists are good at challenging things to create, to be able to write the new law, bring something new. I think I have to be good at that. Yeah, and it really echoes what Prune said about the body as a material and, and also the subjective point of view on, on the body. There is something that we, we would like to ask you and to hear your perspective as artists, because of course the entire world is still struggling with this COVID-19 pandemic and, and we cannot not ask you about the impact it will have on our body. And because of social distancing, we all feel more isolated and disconnected from those around us. So, Prune, how do you think that the physical and emotional relationship with our own body, but also those of others, will be impacted by this pandemic in the long term? What are your perspectives as an artist? Just to jump back on what you were saying, Kubra and Yuan, um, I think, you know, the artists, in a way, 
it's like alchemists. So we are trying constantly to transform something into light. So it's not the metal into gold. It's not about the material itself. It's more about the idea to bring uh, the darkness into, into light. So I think we are now in a time of darkness, for sure. This uh, COVID situation uh, brings us back into years and years uh, into, for example, the, the freedom of speech, freedom of moving, freedom of expression with all the rules um, that the government has to, to put uh, with, the, with the, the, the question of, of, of health, you know, so, so health is everything, health is first, but at the same time, you, you want to know sometime at what price. And I think it's a question of generations. It's not going to have the same impact depending on your generation. If you are um, a baby right now and you see everyone around you with masks uh, and you don't see the, the, where, where you're supposed to, to learn from, from what you see uh, in front of you, like a kind of mirror when you're young, suddenly you see in, instead of seeing expressions with all the face, you see expression with only the eyes. You don't see smiles where uh, if you're from the generations of, uh, of, uh, of the students, uh, which is the time where you build yourself at, as an adult and you have your first relationships and, and, and you try into the world of, uh, of work and, and you cannot have any uh, internships or, or, or first jobs. You can't have interactions and, and, and jump the wall to join your friends for any party. There are no parties. So, this is, uh, you know, different if you're also old and alone in a, in a retirement place and you cannot have access to your family where, where your last time is to, to, to spend time with your loved ones. Uh, or if you're a young mom and, and, and you want to be in your cocoon with your kid, then it can be the right timing. So, you know, the, it really depends on where you are in your life, but also what you do with it. For some artists, it cuts the creation because you work into a field where sharing with people is the number one and, and it's, only, it's, it's about dance and about performances that you can do only with the public and you cannot have a public right now. So it's so, so difficult to say how it's going to impact the world. On, on so many things, it's also, for example, the environment, the fact that we have less travels, we have less uh, planes, we, the nature is, is, is uh, taking back uh, a space that she was losing. Um, and so there, there is many things bad, many things good at the same time. It's what we do with it, what we will do with it. Yes, there's always a, a silver lining, uh, as they say, and... Uh... Yeah. And it's and it's both very complicated and challenging, but also um, it also alerts us on a number of issues, which is exactly what you also do as artists. We thought that you know, in a way, uh, we always had to fight against uh, something that is um, that is external to us, and and today we have to fight against things that are internal a lot also because you have to fight again the fact of being always in front of your, of your screen, uh, the fact to be your own big brother in a way, 
Um, so it's it's a real real uh, passage that is difficult to to analyze uh, fully now. But the only thing that anyone should always always remind themselves oneself is to always stay aware, aware of yourself, aware of uh, of, of of other things. Like always, keep an eye and 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 take some some step back to analyze things and don't. Um, don't lose hope, for sure. Yeah. And Kubra, you yourself, your work is initially very much performance-based, as we've discussed already. So a pandemic obviously makes things more challenging. So how have you been dealing with social distancing and isolation since the start of the pandemic, both personally and also in your artistic practice? This year, it was the only year I that I um, I didn't perform since I'm in Europe. There was no festival apart just one time. I did, there was something. It was like the least of performance uh, work for me, but the most of uh, visual works in the studio. Deep inside, I was also telling myself, uh, I'm waiting. Said this will finish. The pandemic itself, in general, it's also something very positive happening with it. Kind of like uh, alert for the world that uh, pandemic can be shared. That was something I I told myself that uh, it's a hard lesson, but it will pass for sure. But yeah, at least I hope we don't forget these days when it's pass. As you say, these two shall pass. And we wanted to conclude with the two of you with, you know, asking you what it is to be a female artist today and what you feel your role is as artists in society at large. So, for instance, you, Kubra, in your artist statement, you describe yourself as an artist and a feminist. And the mere fact of being a woman, as we said earlier, put your life on the line in Afghanistan. And you've also shared on Instagram the foul language some have used to talk about your current show at Galerie Eric Mouchet. So what does being a feminist artist mean to you? And what do you feel your role is as a feminist artist in society? For me, it's to always remain honest to my own self, first of all, and um, to not forget that I have responsibility during my life. Because when I'm artist, I have this liberty of expressing myself. I allow myself to express myself however I want and whatever I want to say. And this freedom is incredible that a lot of people don't have, a lot of women don't have. And uh, this freedom of expression, I think, gives a huge responsibility to me to be the voice of a lot of others and to not forget how necessary it is to raise my voice up, to take risk and to challenge because when I create, I always go back to my own roots and I should not forget that when I was born, again, a personal thing, when I was born, my mom said, um, because we write on the one page of Quran, like at the end, the name of the child is born plus the date of birth. And I was the second girl and my my mom said to my uncle, who is a mullah, who is a Kalarji mullah, okay, we name her Kubra write her name plus the date of her birth and my uncle looked at my mom and said that oh she's the second girl and uh, he didn't write it 
after me, four girls has been born and nobody's name is written in their date of birth. So, so it is just to say how from the birth, the value of the gender of child is like uh, decides how if he or she is welcome to this world. And, uh, and of course, then after that, it just st- starts the life of a girl. It is essential for me to remain in my own position and stay the most honest uh, possible. I have to be and the most uh, liberate my voice however I want because it's just necessary and I have only one life. To be a woman artist for me is to have a voice, have my own um, way of expression and especially this freedom I have right now and uh, for the rest of my life, I hope to to make work. Well, thank you for sharing this uh, personal story because it's, of course, we feel like you talk about your voice, but you're also speaking on behalf of, of many women. And I'm sure Pruny will have plenty of things to, to add on that because you, you also like to alert your audience uh, about certain questions. And, and for instance, gender imbalance uh, is at the very heart of your work. So what are your views on that? And what would you like people to take away from your work? And how do you feel your mission is as an artist? I think that w- what Kubra said, you know, is, is so true about the idea of, um, of uh, honesty that uh, an artist should have for his or her life. Uh, that you can know and judge the work of an artist at the end of her life, his life. It's a whole adventure. But what's sure is that any artist, the fact of choosing that life goes with a, a, a very strong responsibility. And the question of the, of the responsibility is very important. As an artist, when, when I'm asked if I, I'm a feminist also, I'm, I always reply in a way that the East of artist is enough for me. But that means also as a woman, there is no question that I'm not a part of, of that fight. And I carry that equality deeply in my, in my bones. But it's, a, it's to me more a question of equilibrium, of what we call in medicine also the idea of homeostasy. Uh, than anything else so it's you know you can make so many parallels between uh, that idea of equilibrium between genders it's not only about women or men it's about gender in general the fact that there are so many more genders the fact uh, also between uh, human and animal the question of uh, of uh, equality and equilibrium, but also between the environment. Uh, When in India, for example, I was working on on the Ganges River that is called uh, the the Mother River. Uh, You have that idea of the womb, that idea of the river, that idea of the mother into so many things that uh, our planets carry. So it's, uh, I think the the debate is uh, far broader than that, and uh, and the equilibrium is uh, is absolutely interdependent. So if I had something to you know to to finish on it, the fact that uh, that uh, everything is an interdependent and every uh, every fight is related one to another, the same way we are all related one to another. Well, thank you very much, uh, Prune, and thank you, Kubra, for sharing your views on the body and the female body in particular, how it can be used as a political tool, but also as an artistic material that can be fashioned to challenge preconceived views um, 
cultures and ideas. Thanks for sharing more about the importance of having different, as you put it, honest voices, be them feminine and feminist or, or else, and that it's important that they be heard through your work, which is both deeply personal, but also universal. And thanks for explaining how artists can be alchemists that try to create light out of darkness, which we most definitely need these days. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks. Merci Anne, merci Aude. Thank you for joining us and listening to this episode of the Arts for Society podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please subscribe to the Arts for Society podcast to hear our past and future episodes. You can also visit our website www.artsforsociety.com and follow us on social media for more information on our projects. Finally, we want to thank Raf Parpex for creating the beautiful theme of our podcast. Thank you.